This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. We are back for another Bananas mini-sode. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary friends, bananimals of all size, shapes, ages, races, creeds, religions, we love you all. Welcome to a Bananas mini-sode. A mini-sode where we take your personal stories, link them up with our personal stories, have them do a little dance, and then send them off into the <laughs> night to procreate. I like that. I like that. <laughs> do a little do do Did you learn um, square dancing in middle school? Did they teach that at your middle school? No, I didn't. I was a big Irish step dancer, as you know. That's right. That's right. It was like a whole, it was a whole, every year we, for like three weeks, we would all have to square dance. And then as an adult, talk about like, I used to be like, I'll never use trigonometry. I've really never used <laughs> yes. square dancing in my entire life. I've nope. probably considered trigonometry more than square dancing at this point <laughs> in my life. I have not do si I have Let's not switched teach partners. only useful things. I guess trigonometry is only good... If it as it preps the people who are going off into the sciences, right? It yep. prepares them, so it's required for that. But you should at some point just decide, like, I'm not, I'm not going into the sciences. Yes, I didn't take trig, but I was in physics, and my physics teacher in high school knew that. Like, I think my mom even was like, he hasn't taken. I can't put him in like some basic science. He passed chemistry, so he has to take physics. He's a junior. But they were like, trigonometry is a requirement. So yeah. to say I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> but like he was, a, his, he was a really nice guy, and he understood, and he knew that I was pretty creative. So he would let me write out in Word describing answers without proving the trigonometry Whoa, or the that's science. Crazy. So if it was like two exact replica eggs swing into each other, what will happen to him? And he, everybody else would prove things using sine and cosine or whatever the hell. And I would just describe it, and he would give me a B. And so wow. big shout-out to Mr. Van Hall for finding a way to let this dumb boy thrive. Yeah. Like yeah, man. That. Teachers, yeah. they are the, probably the most important in our lives, and yeah. they are not paid enough in any way, shape, or form, or given enough respect, I think we should make them all millionaires. Starting That's salary, $70,000. Retiring salary, two thirty, two hundred and thirty k for teachers that are good I like teachers. That, I like that you have that number right there, ready to go. I like it seems it. fair. That's what it teachers seems, deserve. It seems fair to me at 100%. Also, mm-hmm. it would improve everything about America. All right, yep. Scotty, give me a story. Okay, I I might have to do this name twice, but I believe this is from Lauren. And Lauren, if it's not from you, whoever this is from, I forgot to write it down. You're a wonderful person, and we think you're the greatest person mm-hmm. to ever walk the face of planet Earth. Hi, 
I hope you had a great weekend. Thank you. We did, Lauren or some other woman. Yeah. Um, I have a story about my dad getting hypnotized in front of 200 people at a high school reunion. Yes! I'm in! So... He volunteers to be hypnotized on stage with seven of his former classmates. My dad's a real tough guy, so I'm sure he did it because he thought it was all bogus and bullshit. It starts with the hypnotist doing small stuff like making them move or speak on command, but there's a point where he has them thinking that their chairs are shocking them. My dad is seemingly hypnotized and falling for all of this. Uh-huh. I mean, this is already... I don't, we had a guy come to our high school that was like a hypnotist. He hypnotized my friend Andre, and he made Andre not recognize me, and it was so bizarre. Really? He had, Andre, my best friend in high school, did not know who I was. And he wasn't a good actor or anything like that. He was completely under. That's amazing. Kind of scary stuff. Um, it is, it's very scary. There's a point... Where, uh, yeah, their chairs are shocking that my dad is seemingly falling for this. But the best part is when he singles out my dad. My dad is in this sleepy, suggestive state, and he is convinced that his penis has fallen off. No, that's what they did. That's what they his made. They was. convinced wow. him that his penis had fallen off. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. To add to the theater, a hot dog is thrown on the ground. No, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, this has got to be in the 80s or 90s or something, yeah, right? <laughs> yes, got to be 90s. There's no way this is happening today. Who knows? When my dad was awoken, the hypnotist kindly tells him he dropped something. My dad sees his wiener on the ground and freaks <laughs> out. <laughs> oh, he freaks out. He is distraught. I bet he was. He was embarrassed. The, the hypnotist tells him that he can put it back in his pants and it will retach. My dad grabs the wiener. The hot dog off the floor and puts it right back in his underwear. My dad is now calm and thinks that everything is fine. The <laughs> hypnotist snaps and snaps him out of it, suggests that he may have a wiener in his pants. Dad looks in his pants, grabs the hot dog, and throws it across the stage in horror. He is clearly uh, embarrassed and does not know what's happened to him. Uh, and then he gets even more embarrassed when he thinks that everybody there has seen his penis. <laughs> so he thought the entire class and the six people on stage, he thought his ding dong was hanging out this oh entire God. time. Oh, my God. I don't think he's ever gotten over this embarrassment. There was a recording of this event. That's why I know that it happened. And my dad has kept it hidden or he might have possibly destroyed it. He doesn't talk about it and he doesn't. He gets really ashamed when other people do. I feel Whoa. pretty positive that hypnosis is real because my dad would never, ever make a fool of himself in public on purpose. He's way too prideful. That's all I got. I hope you enjoyed as much as I do, and I enjoyed the memory of his face when he pulled that hot dog out of his pants. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Such a great story. Really great story. I can, really I, great story. I have so many questions about hypnosis, because the, the closest people have described it to me has been that you're, like, lightly suggestible, and you're trying to kind of help. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of it because with the stage ones I'm talking about, not with like hypnosis that's like happening in a therapist's office. Yeah. Um, but like y- there's an element of it that helps in the fact that you you're scared to be on stage. So yeah. you want it to go well. So you kind of like agree to the things because you're trying to help in the same way that people who get drunk at comedy shows think they're helping the show yeah. by like heckling. They think they're making things better, like because yeah. there's a pressure that they feel that they need to relieve um, yes. of the comedian well, doing well, 
Or it's those evangelists like the Benny Hins or whatever his name is that hit you with his jacket and try to cure paralyzed people and all the people faint. There's a great yeah. super cut of somebody put let the bodies hit the yeah. floor uh, with so Benny Hinn just swinging his jacket over his head and just groups of people falling down as if they've been affected. And then, yeah. of course, there's so many news outlets and stuff in the world now that have gone back and interviewed these people and they say the same thing that you just said. They're like, I just get, did what I thought I was supposed to do. And they're like, do you still have a broken back? And they're like, yes, I do. It hurt the entire time, but I thought I was supposed to do that. Yep, exactly. It, a, it is funny because like... Uh, men, you're not really ever supposed to be naked around other dudes. Like, it's just not a commonplace thing, at least not in the States. Around the world, it's a lot more common. Right. And the first time I was naked in sort of a public space was in Interlaken, Switzerland. Okay. This was in 2006. I'd worked at a valet as a valet all summer to pay for my first European trip. Busted my butt to go to Germany and Switzerland. And so I go to Interlaken, and I stayed at this place that I am sure... Have you ever been to Interlaken? No. It's awesome. It's a fun town. It's it's cool. It's very tourist friendly. But they have this hostel called the Backpackers Villa. Uh, I think it's like Sonnyhof or something like that. Anyways, I guarantee Bananimals have stayed there because it's like the cheapest, best option when you're in Interlaken. Mm-hmm. And part of staying there is you get to go to this Swiss spa across this like uh, cow meadow, cow pasture. And it's incredible. It's fantastic. But it's mandatory fully nude. Like no bottoms. Men and women's co-ed also. So... I get there, I'm having a great time, but the, I'm off-season. I went in a really weird time. They, they thought I was Australian because Americans don't go to Interlochen when I was there. And the only other people in the whole hostel were an Australian couple that I ended up befriending and doing all this fun stuff with. Mm-hmm. And then these two very beautiful French women, our age, my age. So they were probably yeah. 20-something, early yeah. 20s. Um, so I do all the tourist stuff. I go up the Schilthorn, which is this really funny, um, it's a beautiful mountain, but on the top it has a rotating restaurant uh, called the Peas Gloria or the Gloria yes. Peas or something. And it's famous because they shot a James Bond 007 movie called On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen that one. Yeah, it's a weirder one. It's a weird one. But yeah. that's shot in the 60s, but they're still are repping it so hard. So you go in this rotating restaurant, you're in the Swiss Alps at 10,000 feet looking around, and it's wow. double O hamburger, James Bond <laughs> spaghetti and meatballs. Like everything is just so hacky, James Bond, right. where you're kind of like, this shouldn't be up here. So I go to this, uh, after like a day of hiking and taking photos and stuff, I go into this spa, and I realize at that moment it's fully nude. I didn't know. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm in Switzerland. When am I ever going to be around these exactly. people ever again? Let's, let's live a little. So I walk in, and there's a lot of people there, but they're all 50-plus. And they right. all are built like uh, high school principals. And uh, <laughs> so I'm like in the prime of my life. And I'm like, okay. So after like the initial like two or three minutes of like, is this going to be weird? Then suddenly I'm like Mick Jagger out there. I'm like strutting around, like waving to people being like, how does that foot bath work? You know, like <laughs> a little too comfortable. I'm like, what's right. in this room? And they're like, that room's wet steam. I'm like, sign me up, slide over. <laughs> um, the coolest part was they had this salt, mineral salt, uh, hot pool. That was probably like four feet deep. And then they had this waterfall, and it was a clear tube that would churn up salt and water as it rose. So it was like creating this tornado of like mineral salt water. Uh-huh. And then it would dump out this glass, like plexiglass waterfall into your head. So oh. you would just wait there. And it was so nice, but it felt so good. I started to think, like, I don't want to get an erection. 
in the spa. I'm like flying solo here. I'm clearly the young guy. It felt so that I, good. It, it felt, felt incredible. Good. Being dumped a giant, it was a warm water. I guess it must have been warm oh, water. Oh, it was like a hot tub just pouring warm water over <laughs> you repeatedly. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to go and like, you know, take a look around. And so I see this room that is light therapy. I forget the word for it, but it was like yeah. different colors, like light purples and reds. And it was a hot room. So again, at this point, I'm like, I'm just the coolest kid in school walk around here. Got everybody by 20 years. And so I strut in and make dead eye contact with the French girls from the uh-huh. hostel who are sitting there. And they're at like, you know, it's like staggered seating. It's like bleacher uh-huh. seats and those things. So they're like, <laughs> they're sitting. So they're like heads are right at my head level. And we all look at each other and they literally without speaking or looking at each other, both get up, walk around me and leave that room <laughs> and just left me sitting in there feeling like such a stooge. I was like, did I ruin it for them? Yeah. Did, I, did I do like, oh, were they feeling the same way? Like, they're like, we're the, we're the cutest people in here. As long as no boys come in, we'll be fine. And then they like... It was like Pepe Le Pew walked in there, and they just <laughs> took off and, you know, sat, enjoyed some lights and some, some dark solitude for a little bit, <laughs> gathered my thoughts, got out of there. It was so oh, man. fun, man. It was so great, but it was interesting because as long as I was, like, the youngest, I felt totally comfortable. And then as soon as I was around everybody, I was like, shit just got real. Time to, <laughs> time to throw the corduroys back on. Oh, that's so funny. It was fun. I, I don't know if I talked about this on this podcast. You tell me if I have. But um, for another podcast I used to have that I hosted with Lauren, my uh-huh. wife, um, it's called Wedlock. You guys can find it out there. We did a segment on um, a nudist resort. Yeah. Because um, we wanted to go and like see what it was like. Yeah. And uh, so for the day, we went to this nudist resort in Arizona. Oh, boy. And, of course, it happened to be the one day that it was, like, 42 degrees in Arizona. <laughs> oh, boy. And it was the winter time. Yeah. And, uh, but there were still people, some people who were naked. And, of course, we had to be naked. And we had, like, little, like, microphone packs, like, on like, waistbands, you know. That's a and funny then, look. And uh, then with just, like, a, like uh, you know, a little necklace hanging the microphone off of it. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we go and get, we had a room. And we, like, get changed in the room. Love and then we, like, it. come out. And the, um, the, the, the speed at which it gets normalized is pretty crazy. Yes. It's like three minutes, maybe yes. two minutes. It's yeah. like, oh, no, oh, no. And then, like, you're, like you got your, your towel in front of you or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then you kind of yeah. like put it to the side. And you're like, oh. <laughs> now you're, like, strutting a little bit. You That's know? me. Yeah, you're the cock of the walk. You're like, yeah. what's up? We're all natural. I do this all the time. Um, and we, then we met a couple from, I think, of course, like Vancouver or something, and they were totally nude. Uh, and the thing that I could never get over and uh-huh. still can't is that everyone I talked to there was like, this is not, there is no element of this that is sexy to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was fascinated by that, like that all yes. of them say there is nothing, it's not this, it's not sex, it's not attractive for us. It's just like... It's freedom, and what, one thing that one person said, which I liked, was that like you can't tell what anyone's class in society is yeah, yeah. when they're naked because they have no markers of whatever the society puts on you, and so Weird. you can just kind of like interact in a more like a human mm-hmm. to human level. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. But if I go back in the back of my mind, I 
I got to imagine late yeah. at night, oh, there's yeah. couples at the bar who are like, well, should we go back to our room? And then they fuck, right? There's got to be. There's got to be. Yeah, you're, the hardest part of sex is taking off your clothes. We all know that. <laughs> It's, you're it's, halfway there. Yeah, you're halfway there. It's you make the decision, then you got to get all these garments off you. By the time yeah. that happens, who knows what's going to you know, go? Somebody might have gotten out of the mood. This, yeah. Everybody's in the mood all the time. All right, you ready yeah. for another one? I would love one. This is from uh, Kaz, also known as uh, at Seven Raccoons in a Trench Coat. Thank you, Kaz. I like that. Yeah, sent it on Instagram. That's Hi, banana Kaz. friends. Love your podcast. Uh, I live on, and then she said some nice things about the, the pod. Thank you. I live on Vancouver Island, British Columbia, yes. and we tend to have a lot of just bizarre people. I have heard this. I have too. It's so strange. I really would like to go to Vancouver Island. I've only been to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Nick is from Vancouver Island and he's a real weirdo too. All right. So it was a sunny spring day and I was leaning against a wall, minding my own business and texting someone just minding my own business. I look up. To find a gentleman dressed in a coat that looked like it was previously a sofa in the 1700s, <laughs> a bowler hat with a feather and a fern frond sticking out of it, okay. a gray goatee and perfect ringlets hair standing in front of me. Avoid smiling, this man. Mm-hmm. And weirdly bent forward at, an ang- at a perfect 45 degree angle. <laughs> Get low. His nickname's Get low. <laughs> I blinked. Quote, you should be in a painting, he said. And thank you? May I take your picture? He asked cordially. It's a tourist town, and I was so thrown off that I was like, sure, why not? Uh, sure. He continued smiling at me for an uncomfortably long time. I'd I say started so. to wonder if he was just mentally taking my picture, but oh, then boy. he finally said something about having a photo studio and then went on the weirdest monologue to this day. I have no idea if he invited me to go <laughs> to his photo studio <laughs> or to a lecture at the local university about how the drug laws are harmful to society. Okay. Uh, I politely declined. He then introduced himself, no joke, as the Dalai Lama of LSD. Uh, my mind let go of all concept of normalcy at that point, and the first yes. thing that came out was namaste. And Not he, bad. That's pretty good. He said, oh, you're a high Buddhist. And then she said, no, I just play one on TV. Okay. Uh, and then he's another good comeback. And yeah, she's he on a stood roll. there smiling again for probably five to ten seconds before continuing. He says... You should go to the art gallery on the first Tuesday of the month, twelve fifty by donation, and adhere a single cashew somewhere on your person with scotch tape. He gestured like he was holding a cashew to his shoulder. Uh-huh. So you can identify yourself to other free thinkers. Oh boy. I didn't this is end- insane. Yeah, I didn't end up doing that back then, but it's now absolutely on my bucket list to beeline <laughs> to the art gallery with a cashew taped to my shoulder once things open up again here and see what the hell happens. And thanks to that spectacular gentleman, I, was all, I will always find cashews vaguely hilarious. Thanks for all the laughs and keep rocking it. Kaz. But that's right. What Kaz is saying and what that guy did is he took something and it was so abstract. It was such a non sequitur that now whenever Kaz sees a cashew, yes. she's going to see that. Think of that interaction. And that is so – I love when people do that. That's absolutely why when you named this podcast Bananas, it like I jumped at it because I'm like – 
ideally i want people whenever they see a banana especially unexpected bananas to just think of us just like yeah. inflating because that's the best marketing in the world it's like when ups just decided to call themselves brown and they yeah. owned the color brown and what can brown do for you everybody's like haha poop joke and i was sitting there in college going like these guys are fucking geniuses <laughs> whenever you see brown yeah. you think of ups so yeah whenever she's th- yeah cashews i'm gonna think of this story for the rest of my life also cashews Drum roll, please. The banana of the nut world. Absolutely. And why aren't people saying that more? It disgusts <laughs> me. It disgusts me. This should Shaped be the like a banana. <laughs> they come in large groups um, <laughs> and both pretty cheap. Pistachios are, are the expensive ones. Cashews. They the, the, they're the funniest nut. I think cashews are the funniest nut. Without a doubt. Yeah, people right? think it's funny to hold up a banana like a phone. Hold up a cashew at a party. That's You're going to get some laughs. Hilarious. That I is so much better. a little better. call. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty uh, cashew, damn good, ca- dude. Cashew, can, 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 uh, I'm trying to think of a cashew pun for when you answer the phone. Yeah. Cashew, do, can, cashew do you do? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind anyway. cashew do you do. I think cashew we do might you call do. this episode cashew yeah. do you do. All right, That's I like that. That's really good. Vancouver Island, we got to do it. We were, somebody called the banana phone once and said that there's a really cool cruise or like there's the um the ferry that goes between Vancouver and Vancouver Island. And remember how fun the Staten Island ferry used to be? Like you could so just fun. take it for free back and forth. Yeah. You get super close to Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. That's a pro tip from the banana boys if you're visiting New York oh, for yes. the first time. Take the Staten Island Ferry. I believe it's still free. It runs like every half hour. It's this big, beautiful boat, and it goes slowly past uh, the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, downtown. Governor's Island, downtown. Red Hook. You go on the bottom floor, out the back. There's no railing. It's just the water in you. You can buy beer and a hot dog at the concession and drink it and just look out at the best view of Manhattan you'll ever damn have. And free. And then you get off at Staten Island. You walk off the boat. You walk around this concourse. There's bathrooms. And you walk right back on the next boat that's going back. And you get the same thing. It takes like 30 to 40 minutes. It's also a good date idea for our young, aspiring, artistic bananimals who only have 10 bucks between them. Exactly. Staten Fairly, underrated tourist thing to do in New York City. It's what the I recommend to everyone. Well, sure. thank you, Scotty, for doing this with us. With thank us. you so much. With you yeah, and with me. Us. That's cool. <laughs> you got it, bud. Uh, keep those mini-sode stories coming to us. The Bananas Podcast at Gmail. The Bananas Podcast on Instagram. We're about to hit 35,000 followers on Instagram, which is fantastic. Thank you to everybody for following us. And give yourself a compliment today, something that you normally don't get complimented. If you have beautiful eyes and people tell you all the time, don't do that. Think something else. I always am prepared when I show up. I have a nice walk. I make the bed better than my mom does. Give yourself a compliment. Kurt, I can recognize you even in darkness walking towards me. You have a recognizable walk. And every time I see you coming, I know it's you. It makes me very happy inside. Scotty, you're one of the most thoughtful people I know. You always take that extra moment to maybe send a card or send a gift. And I really appreciate that. Thanks, buddy. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. 
Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 